Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Competent Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. And Spooktober is among us. Now, for two episodes, I've been saying I'm going to insert scary music, but then I end up editing at 10 o'clock at night because I forget that I need to edit, and I've forgotten to put the scary music. Maybe I'll do it this time. I say as I probably won't. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I hope you guys are enjoying our Spooktober episodes. Uh, this is episode three, and we decided that we were going to do um, a scary movie. But, you know, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, we are punks and hate <laughs> scary movies. Um, we only watch them in company. I think we've only watched one scary movie together, and that was The Wailing. We don't do jump scares. Never again. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch The Wailing again, but like, um, we don't we don't do horror well. We're not horror girlies, so why not watch the four horror girlies, but making fun of horror girlies, um, iconic cult classic scary movie the first one so for those of you who don't know scary movie came out in 2000 um it's a 2000 american slasher parody film directed by keenan ivory waynes and written by marlon and sean waynes who are all brothers yes they're brothers they were they're a comedy group but they're also brothers and they were very very popular in the 90s um it stars a bunch of different um popular 90s actors like anna ferris and john abrams and carmen electra uh, and Regina Hall. Um, basically, it follows a group of teenagers who accidentally hit a man with their car and dump his body in a lake and never talk about it again. A year later, someone wearing a ghost face mask and a robe kills them one by one. The film is a parody of multiple genres um, and including a bunch of movies like Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, the film, it cost $19 million to produce they made 278 million jesus at Christ. the box office that's a win for the blacks can we get a round of applause <laughs> um but yes so we are going to take a look into this movie and talk about all the crazy stuff before we do that though um marin was this your first time watching scary movie no i think i watched it one time in college so like maybe like 2018 or something mm. what about you Corey? is this your first time watching a scary movie um it's not my first time i i know i've seen this movie maybe twice i remember <sighs> the other movie more though i think there's like three of them right there's like six isn't it oh well, i think <laughs> i remember either two or three more um okay nia is this your first time watching a scary movie no, I saw this when I was probably too young that to be able to see it. But I don't remember it. So, yeah. Yes. What What about you, Tori? This is um, my first time watching it all the way through. There are five scary movies. Uh, <laughs> there are five scary movies. Uh, I have watched parts of the movie. I uh, have not watched it all the way through. <laughs> um, that being said, this was a really crazy as right so yes let's jump head first into scary movie or 2000 now the movie starts with a girl named drew decker receives a threatening phone call while at home let's already pause because i didn't even realize the movie was starting <laughs> when this scene started i was like 
is this the movie? Is this a, a, a movie in a movie? I didn't know what was happening. But she picks up the phone and it's like, hello, who are you? And she's like, he's like, I don't know, why don't you tell me your name? And then she's like, no, I don't think so. And then continues to have a full blown out conversation with this mystery person on the other line. The person is basically like, um, it's our scarier, it's our scarier killer. I was supposed to say scarier killer, <laughs> serial killer. <laughs> can y'all hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it was a serial killer ghost face who's like, oh, I tied up your boyfriend and it's not her boyfriend. But basically he chases her into her house then out of her house. Um, as he's chasing her, he rips off her shirt and her top. Um, she runs through sprinklers that are on for some years in the middle of the night. Um, he finally stabs her in the chest and as he stabs her, it removes one of her silicone implants. And then she sees her dad driving up the road and she's screaming for her father to stop. Her father is distracted because he's getting fellatio from his wife. And then she is run over um, by her father. And so uh, that is our opening scene. Cold open. It should have been a very good tone setter for what happens the rest of this movie. (laughs) So then we hop over to our main character, who is Sidney Campbell, who is played by Anna Ferris. Um, Cindy Campbell meets up with her boyfriend. He comes to her room. Um, they're making out. Cindy is obviously a virgin. Her father, you know, comes and checks up on her, cracks a weird joke. Her and Bobby start to making out. Bobby tries to move from second base to third, but she has wire, electric wire <laughs> around her, um, pelvis area um but you know we get to see what kind of girl cindy is she's doesn't know a lot about sexual activities bobby knows a lot about sexual activities and wants to have sex but the next day we go to um their school you know these 20 30 year olds (laughs) going to school and we meet cindy's friends her boyfriend is bobby she's friends with brenda Brenda tells her about Buffy and how that she Buffy was hooking up with a backup dancer of P. Diddy, a backup dancer. Um, that's so low of her. She didn't even hook up with security because they can get you backstage. In my mind, most backup dancers probably look better than security. That's what I was so. saying. Like the backup <laughs> dancer is near the actual artist. What do you mean? <laughs> right. She was making things. And so, but then, you know, Buffy comes over to them, mwah, mwah, kisses, kisses, how are you? The minute her daddy pulls off, she rips off her clothes and she's in a nice little cute little two-piece. Would very definitely trendy. get you very trendy, would definitely get you dress coded in real high school. <laughs> um she is they're talking about um makeup and cindy goes well you shouldn't use this brand they test on animals and then buffy is like well i would rather help my fellow man than animals and then a homeless guy asks her for a dollar and she freaks out but anyway we get um closer to school we get to meet brenda's boyfriend ray who is played by mar no Yes. No. <laughs> Sean Waynes. Um, he's a football player who is obviously on the DL. Um, and him and Brenda are a thing. And then Greg and Buffy are a couple. Greg is also on the football team. 
um bobby lives in a trailer in front of the school <laughs> or whatever we get to see um greg's temper as he realized he got f's on his report card or whatever um and then uh reporters start to swarm the school it's news has gotten out that drew died and they're trying to find out who killed drew and so they want to interview all the schools there is a reporter called gail hailstorm who's like like who i sleep with to get a cover on the story and she ends up going um she ends up seducing buffy's intellectually disabled older brother doofy who is like a special officer at the school or whatever um to get the scoop hoping to get facts um we then go to class <laughs> this is the scene that i was just like also, this is this how this is how this is gonna be this entire movie. We get a lecture from like a history teacher who is talking about this is such a tragedy and we need to pray. And she's breastfeeding her child in class, which I have no problem with, but then she hands the child to a student and says, Go to daddy. And I was like, Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, Oh no. Um, and so then, of course, we have the stereotypical nerd character who raises her hand to do her oral report first, as she's talking about the First Amendment. Uh, Cindy looks out the window, and Ghostface is out there with a knife, and she's like, oh my god, it's a killer. I don't know how you know he's a killer. I mean, I guess the knife is threatening enough. She tries to get Buffy's attention, but by that time, uh, Ghostface has hidden. Um, so after we get out of class... Um, oh no, while she's looking at Ghostface, she gets a note that says, I know what you did last Halloween. And she, and Cindy's like, oh my God, I went on a really nice picnic date with Bobby. And then another note says, no, bitch, I know that you killed somebody. And so we're like, oh, okay, cool. So then Cindy and the crew meet up again. And Cindy's like, I saw the killer, um, Oh, I saw the killer. I got a note. But before that, in the locker room, we get more DL activity from Ray. And then um, Greg is the only one left to take a shower. And the, there's a picture stuck in his locker. And it's a picture of his, I guess, micro penis. And so he goes off the wall about like having a micro penis and then proceeds to show the picture the entire crew and i was sitting here like you didn't have to do that <laughs> he he went to the crew accusing ray of taking a picture of him but i'm sitting here like uh i don't think you had to show him the picture though everybody's laughing and so cindy's like yeah well i got a note too it's like don't you guys think it's weird that drew died one year exactly after we killed that man we get a flashback a year ago the crew was in the car the two couples were having dubious activity in the back seat. Um, Bobby was driving. Cindy's in the passenger seat. They're drunk, driving, speeding, all that good stuff. Um, Cindy gets actually forced into giving what I guess is fellatio. And this therefore distracts Bobby and he runs into a man. They get out the car. They're like, oh my god, we have to get rid of the body. We're making a pack. We gotta get rid of him. The man gets up. He's like, I'm fine. I just need to do that. Bobby then throws a bottle unknowingly, hits the man in the head. 
Um, then they put the maid in the back of the truck, who is still not dead, but just knocked unconscious, and they knock him unconscious again by putting him in the back of the truck. All the while, Shorty, who is played by Marlon Wayans, um, uh, our local dopehead, um, uh, drives by and just like, yeah, cool, whatever. Brenda gets rid of him. The crew goes to a dock and f- then throws the body into the ocean. And um, Cindy's like, I think we should still call the police. I don't think we should be disposing of a body because, you know, <laughs> manslaughter. Um, and then also disposing of a body is like a whole different charge. Um, this is where Greg, to show his tipper, grabs Cindy by her throat and makes her say, I promise um, that I'm not going to say anything. Um, Bobby doesn't do anything to Greg when he... Uh, when Greg is hurting uh, Cindy, by the way. So after this, um, they go to Buffy. We're back in the present. They go to Buffy's beauty pageant. Um, Buffy is, she's like getting ready for her talent portion. And she's like, I'm doing dramatic reading of acting, which I don't think is ever a good talent to do in a talent show. FYI, don't do that. Um, but as she's getting ready to read her lines, Ghostface comes up behind Greg, who is watching her from a balcony, and proceeds to kill him. Everybody's like, oh my god, this must be original piece. She's so good. Buffy, you know, exits the stage hysterical, and people are like, oh my god, they're screaming, they want you back. And she's like, you won, Buffy, you won. And she immediately forgets about her now, we're assuming, dead boyfriend, um, and goes to accept her beauty and crown. So, um, Bobby is like, um, I don't see Greg. I should probably go look for him. And Buffy is like, well, uh, I think he was just joking. It was a joke he was doing. He'll show up. And Bobby's like, I'm going to go look for Greg. All the while, Ghostface is behind them disposing of the body. So Cindy, um, I mean, no. Buffy drops off Cindy. Cindy's at home. The attacker calls her and taunts her and says i'm in your house how do you know where i am she's like you're behind the couch she's like how do you know i'm behind the couch well i can see you it goes to this like stupid little hide and seek thing um her grandmother's also home and in the process of running from the serial killer she squashes her grandmother with a piano um as she gets into her room and stops the serial killer from coming in (laughs) this was one of the funnier scenes is when she typed in she went to her computer went to the sheriff's office website and typed in white woman in trouble and the police were there in a second (laughs) and i was like reality great thank you for that um but as the police pull up and bobby who she was on the phone with earlier hops into her window um the ghost face runs off and so as the ghost face runs off, Bobby comes in. Bobby drops a pair of gloves, a knife, and a something else. Uh, a cell phone. And Cindy thinks that Bobby is ghost face. She goes to open the door, and um, Doby is there. Uh, Doofy is there. <laughs> Doby. <laughs> um, I'm saying Doby. You know why I'm saying Doby? Because all my kids with a were like, all day, Dobby is free. Dobby is free. <laughs> and so now that's stuck in my head. <laughs> um, um, Doofy, yes. So Doofy's there with Wait, the ghost face. Doobie from, from Harry Potter. Potter. 
yeah. Harry Potter, oh, the elves, okay. the Dumbledore. And so they're, they, I don't know, I guess they watched Harry Potter or something, yeah. but like seven of them were like, <laughs> Dumbledore is free. And I was just like, really? <laughs> oh, okay. So Doofy is on Cindy's porch with the police and he is a ghost case man. He's like, yeah, I found this outside. And so they arrest um, Bobby. They arrest Bobby. Meet the very weird sheriff again. Um, and they arrest Bobby and like, oh, she thinks Bobby did it. And it's like, well, how could Bobby do it? All that good stuff. But uh, she ends up spending the night at Cindy's place. Um, she's spending the night at Cindy's place we kind of find out that no Cindy ends up spending the night at Buffy's place as Buffy and Cindy are talking um we kind of find out it seems like Buffy and Bobby have smashed or whatever um but she's there she gets a phone call and it's a serial killer again mocking her and so Cindy is obviously being tormented the following day Buffy is released in jail uh Bobby is released from jail um they uh uh cindy and ray are in the cafeteria getting food and she's like have you seen bobby she's like um no i don't think bobby wants to talk to you You thought he was a serial killer she's like yeah but how could i not have and this and then she says to ray if you see bobby tell bobby i love him and ray goes yeah if i see bobby i tell him i love him and she's like what and we're like oh okay this is more suspicious deal activity from ray but then I guess they're at gym class and I always find it funny in all these high school dramas nobody actually showers at school nobody is showering and washing their hair at school if you um I don't know how they do it in other countries but I've never been to a school where people actually showered and yeah I feel like only athletes did that like after their practices but as far Mm -hmm. as like regular gym class nobody was using them showers (laughs) like I ain't got time to thoroughly clean and then like I'm for damn sure not washing my hair. That's a lot. And um, then they only gave you a certain amount of time to get to your next class right. anyway, so it wouldn't work. It's it's very unbelievable, very unreal. But basically, Cindy and um, the girls are at PE. They get done. They're in the locker rooms. And so Buffy is making fun of Cindy and being like, oh, my God, who are you? Who are you? They're making fun of her for, like, being involved with the serial killer or whatever. So Buffy is the last one in the locker room. Um, Of course, Ghostface shows up, and she's really not taking him seriously. He stabs her. She's still not taking him seriously. Um, She breaks her own leg. (laughs) Um, and then he cuts off her head, and this is when the 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 fuckery, I guess, or the non seriousness of this movie, um, starts its climb starts to its uh, ascension. Um, they cut off Buffy's head, and she's still talking. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, you've lost me, but whatever. <laughs> um, that night. Uh, Gail, the reporter, again, they go to Lover's Lookout where there's like, um, this is where teenagers come to make out. Of course somebody's gonna get killed. Um, of course they go to the lookout and a girl's in the car and she's like, can I interview you? She's like, yeah, I mean, my boyfriend are making out and he heard something when he has been back. And the Gail goes, well, have you ever considered that he's been murdered? Uh, she's like, oh my god. <laughs> and so then a dude in a ghost face mask comes out of nowhere, um, kills the girl in the car, 
and then starts yelling at the camera, I was just trying to do my job, and then chases after Gil and her cameraman, and it seems to be that Gil has been kidnapped. Um, Gil has been kidnapped, and she turns on her camera and does, like, this Blair Witch parody, um, where she has, like, this snot-filled, CGI snot was so unnecessary. (laughs) Like, they're just a giant booger as she's, like, crying or whatever so cindy doesn't want to be alone so she told everybody at school to um she told the crew to come to her house but then it ends up being a house party but brenda's like i don't want to go to this house party so brenda and ray are like making out more i guess a suspicious deal activity happens as ray has brenda dress up in his football uniform but they decide to go to the movie theater they see shakespeare in love they see shakespeare in love and so uh the whole thing is that brenda is being very loud um at the movie theaters and while she's being very loud ray goes to the bathroom where he is stabbed in the he pees right he pees and he's in a stall and then he hears weird noises from the other stall and so then he gets down to a glory hole and basically puts his ear up against it and a penis comes out. And then he's like, ooh, did that again? It felt good. The penis stabs him through the ear. I said, oh, you really don't want me to take this movie <laughs> seriously. I was like, I'm not sitting here. I'm watching this. Um, but anyway, Ghostface goes back to the theater Um and pretends to be Ray. Brenda doesn't notice because she's still, like talking on the phone, talking throughout the movie. But Brenda's, I guess, is being so obnoxious. People in the theater take uh, Ghostface's knife and then stab Brenda. And then everybody else stabs her. And this is supposed to be like, isn't this supposed to be like Othello? Or this, isn't this how? What the fuck is the name of that Greek king? I'm Emperor? Not sure. Julius Caesar. Isn't this how Julius Caesar died? Where everybody, like, stabbed him. Yeah. yeah, and then he has, like, the Ed to Brute thing. Yeah. So Brenda's gone. So we're back at this house party. Um, <clears throat> She's hoping that there's, you know, Cindy's hoping that they're saving in numbers. Um, While they are partying, one of the party people, her name is Tina, goes to the garage to look for beer. Um, Where they have malt liquor in a fridge in the garage. And she gets scared by the cat, and then she gets scared by her horse, and then she gets scared by Ghostface. Ghostface tries to kill her. She tries to escape the cat door. Then Ghostface raises the garage, the cat door, which is on the garage door. And then Ghostface raises the cat door, which breaks it, and then has like, half the house collapse into the garage. But whatever, Cindy is drunk AF. Drunk. Uh, and she decides that this is the night that she's going to lose her virginity to Bobby in a very poltergeist stick way <laughs> it was very not serious um i'll just say excessive amounts of bodily fluid um so after that happens ghostface busts into the room uh stabs bobby cindy runs she runs downstairs she has a gun in a in a drawer by her front door she grabs the gun she turns and to shoot at Ghostface, which she's expecting to be behind her, but it's not. It's Bobby. And so, um, Bobby... Oh, and before this, we had a whole, like, scene between the stoners and Shorty and Ghostface. Or whatever. 
So she it's Bobby. Bobby and her are trying to run away, and then Shorty comes out of the basement. And he's like, "Oh my god, there's a serial killer! We gotta go." <laughs> um, um, we gotta go. And then Bobby's like, "Yeah, we gotta go." Bobby takes the gun from Sidney, shoots Shorty, um, and then Ray pops up alive. And we find out that Bobby and Ray are dating. Um, well, Bobby, um. Bobby's like, yeah, me and Ray, and you know, Ray's gay, obviously. Ray's like, no, I'm not gay. Still denying it. Um, but they are like, yeah, we just copied, we're merely copying a serial killer. Um, we're merely copying a serial killer. We want to kill you. She's like, why do you want to kill all us? Kill all of us. <sighs> and Bobby says it was because he denied her sex. Um, it was a. And so then Bobby and Ray end up fighting. They tell Sydney that we are going to kill you and your dad. So it has to make, we have to make it like me and um, Bobby are hurt. So Ray stabs Bobby numerous times, but then he gets mad and he's like, yeah, this is also for the Wayne's brothers. You shouldn't have canceled the show. Um, and then um, abruptly the real ghost face shows up, stabs Ray. Him and Sydney fight in this like matrix parody she kicks him through the window and he vanishes um when cindy when the police show up her dad is like just tell them i'm the plumber or some dumb bullshit for no reason but uh they're like the killer got away the killer got away whatever 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 they get back to the sheriff's house and um all of her friends are dead and the sheriff was like well um the killer was not David Kingdon, the man who Sydney and her friends accidentally killed. That man's body has been found. He's been buried. Um, and he's like, the killer has to be somebody who is close to you and all of the other people who died. Uh, who knew Drew and all of that. And so we get a flashback to Sydney. Remember, uh, remembering Buffy saying that Drew used to babysit Doofy. And Doofy was close to all of them. And he's somebody who could have been unseen and got away with it so as we have the realization doofy um has already escaped with gail hellstorm in his trunk i guess he takes off his disguise in the parody from the usual suspects um upon finding his discarded backpack and the ghost face mask and a sharp knife in the street cindy begrooms cindy screams and the sheriff walks away um, oh, I didn't see the mid-credit scene. Shorty is presumably giving advice on how to survive a horror movie, but it's actually advice on how to successfully end a snatch and enact a snatch and run. Oh, in the Cindy. Post- Cindy also gets hit by a car then. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Cindy does get hit by a car. Um, in post screens, in post-credit scenes, Doofy is shown in his bedroom breaking up with the vacuum cleaner as though it were a real person with whom he had a relationship with, and that is the end of scary movie. Dun dun. <laughs> um, Marin. Yes. Thoughts. Um. Okay. The first half of this movie, I laughed. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. I thought the. I even wrote the things down that I found funny. The oh, I farted. Mm-hmm. I didn't think you'd hear it. The mm-hmm. could have been the crack I smoked earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I was at home watching The Exorcist and thought about you. Took me out. <laughs> was like, <"That's> a crazy. <laughs> And then um, the big dumbass stamp on the report card. 
the yes. camera hitting Cindy's face and the killer's <laughs> <on the laughs> couch. Funny. Those yes. parts made me laugh. And then after that, it just went downhill. <laughs> I was not interested. Mm. But I think what? the... I'll keep going. I think the, I think the movie, like... I feel like the movie would be so much funnier had I watched what it's parodying. Parod- parodying. Oh, parodying. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yes. I think yeah. it would be more funny if I watched that, but I will never, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you, Corey? Thoughts? Yeah, I thought <laughs> when I was watching it, I just kept thinking like, wow, like, was this movie really that bad? Because <laughs> I know I've seen it before. <laughs> So I was just watching it. There was a lot of moments that were funny. Like Marin said, like the crack thing literally had me like rolling on my couch. (laughs) (laughs) And then of course, like um, we mentioned this before the podcast. So y'all couldn't hear it, but we were saying like the iconic scene, like the was, I kept thinking like, how is that not a TikTok sound? Like how (laughs) that scene is like, I've seen that scene so many times, but it's still so funny to me. But yeah, the Mm. whole movie I mean, I guess it served its purpose. It was making fun of horror films, so. Right. What about you, Nia? Thoughts? Um, well, it's been years since I've seen it, so I was just like, I was expecting certain scenes, but then I just was like, a lot of it, I was like, okay, why does this movie feel so long when it's only an hour and like 20 minutes? Oh, right. Um, it was like, why are we not ending? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, the 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 which scenes there were a bunch of scenes that made me laugh at first like mm-hmm. the like how do i put where's like there's so many that's like they're splashing in my head of course the movie theater scene had me cracking up mm-hmm. when like like they're all like stop talking and then she answers her phone like hey girl what's up <laughs> i'm just in a movie um like there's a lot of funny scenes but i felt like it was very long and so i was i was like i watched the whole thing but i was wanting to skip watch it um the Mm. humor some of it's very a lot of them i say the majority of it's very dated um apparently the was up thing is from like a super bowl commercial that i read on twitter is what Mm. they said um the what really did shock me was that like at the when i was younger i had not seen the usual suspects so i did not get the reference but i'm like i seen it now in film class and i'm like oh the usual suspects that's crazy (laughs) so that was a that was a fun ending for like the film nerd but other than that um yeah it was fine i feel like the memes made it feel more robust than the movie mm. actually is <laughs> valid valid for me i was i was i don't know I, because i feel like i hear people talk about scary movie a lot i was like oh this is gonna be funny this is gonna be hee hee ha ha funny and i was like oh this is funny not funny ha ha funny weird <laughs> and i was just like it was like there were moments that I like, like I did a poof and a laugh. But when they started doing the CGI stuff, I was like, "You've lost me." And you know what? I think I've come to complete peace, complete terms that I am not a comedy movie girl. <laughs> like I'm not a parody movie person. Um, I don't think I like scripted comedy like that. Um, and it was just also I agree with Aaron that if I had watched the actual movies that maybe this would be funnier um I was trying to put a little bit too much rhyme and reason in and I was like okay chill out Tori you don't have to take it seriously and even then I was like I feel like the first half of the movie was pretty decent but when they cut off her head and she was still talking I was like okay y'all are being very unserious (laughs) I was like there was a level unserious that I could take 
Um, but after that, I was like, okay, I'm just ready for this to end. Uh, I don't know when I was supposed to be like falling over with laughter. Also, like 2000s movies, God, there was just so much problematic stuff. I was like, <laughs> a 2000s like, parody film. Oh my god. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> There's no way that something like this could get made and make as much money as it did. Today? Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah. I don't know how much money this made. <laughs> this money made like almost $300 million, right? Or more than that? Yeah. 278. Yeah. That's crazy. Because that's back in the day money. Yeah. I feel like Sari Movie 2 was like the peak of the franchise. Yeah, but I think that just that's the one my... I remember the most. Oh, yeah, like like the Cindy. One. This some no no. Sit like she says, Cindy. The girls coming out of the TV. I feel like that's a scary movie too. Yep. Um, yeah, my my childhood mind is confusing three and two. Um, so I think that two probably was like the best out of them all. Um, I don't think I've seen like, the other ones. I've just seen hmm, clips. You, yeah, you probably seen I, the names. I just did the calculations. And two hundred and seventy-eight million dollars in today's money is four hundred and seventy-eight million dollars. Damn, that's amazing. I wonder what drew people to. You know what? Back then, parody movies were like a trend thing. Like th- those, yeah. there are way more of them than there are now. They're not even. They're not even that many now. Because remember that whole era yeah. where it was like every single movie had like a parody movie. Yeah, they, like they had the period of like Narnia and all that stuff. Like I remember that time. So yeah, and also, do y'all remember like the era of like Mad TV and yeah. like where they used to just it was literally just like let's make fun of people for mm-hmm. like in a more crude way than SNL. So I feel like back in the day, people were just so eager to be like, let's make some fun of something that's really popular. And so I guess 90s horror movies were really all a rage and they were like, we're tired of this. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I feel like nowadays that kind of humor doesn't sit because we have the internet and now people who make a joke online can joke about it in the first five minutes of a thing happening. So Mm -hmm. to like have to write a whole movie and a whole script. Yeah. By the time you release it, it would be dated. The joke is dead. Yeah. 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 So I feel like, because I remember the the reason why in Black Panther they did the what are those thing and I'm like that's gonna date the movie like <laughs> like that but if this was back in the day people would probably be like oh that's a reference <laughs> a reference <laughs> um yeah so I feel like this is a very pre-internet type of comedy that can't really live anymore and also because as a culture we don't all watch the same thing like mm-hmm. like there's no guarantee someone is going to watch the same movies know the same stuff anymore does that make sense a lot of the the making fun of like the high i guess not the high hat but like the comedy aspect of it if you don't watch horror movies it's not funny (laughs) it's like right or you just don't get it you don't get it yeah you don't get it um like i wouldn't have known that gail's scene was on the blur witch project if i didn't uh read it in this wikipedia thing so yeah i don't know it's just 
It's interesting. I guess it also speaks to about like what's being made in Hollywood now. Nobody makes comedy films like that anymore. Even up until a few years ago, we still got like Girls Trip and what is the the white version of Girls Trip where they had like the tiger and the baby. Oh, you're talking about the the weed movie. Oh my god. <laughs> no, there's a certain type of film that I call weed movies, like all those Seth yes. Rogan, James Franco. Yeah, type yeah, movies. yeah. <laughs> the Hangover. Oh, the uh, Hangover. The Hangover. Yeah, the Hangover. We don't do stuff like that anymore in Hollywood, at the very least. Hollywood I feel like is... the Avengers really killed all of that. Like the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> it like yeah. Disney really did fuck up how Hollywood is making things now, and it's irritating because like. Not everybody wants to be a fucking superhero, and not everybody wants to watch a superhero movie. So it's like, I'm glad y'all are doing the do, but like, when y'all run out of ideas for comics, then what? Then what? Mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese had points, like, because he's like, I don't necessarily agree that Marvel movies are not cinema, but they're not, they're not, um, how do I put it? They're not high art. Like, they're, they're good. Like they right. make, they entertain you. They're fun. They're well made, but like, I feel like it's also ironic that people were making parody films back in the day about the state of the film industry. When like twenty years later, it's even worse. <laughs> like you can't right. even get like a Forrest Gump funded today. They would look at you and be like, "You want to fund what?" So you're will telling this movie me- have any sequels to it? Is it a universe? <laughs> it's not a franchise. It's not a franchise. Right. Oh well, I don't. I don't. Maybe direct to Netflix would be better for you, <laughs> right? Right. Like, there's no. And then what's? I saw this clip. Listen, I don't like Matt Damon. Fuck Matt Damon because he. There's a clip that he did, said about like to this black writer about. Oh, we don't need black people behind the camera. Or he said some crazy clip, and I said, Oh, fuck Matt Damon. Matt but... Damon, the one who did the hate crime. Oh no, that's the other one. Yeah. What's that? Uh, <laughs> he said the other one. <laughs> they Is that his brother? Like. Yes. Um, I don't know who you're talking about. One of them is from Boston, and they did a hate crime back in the 90s. I know so who I you're talking about. Person. God damn it. What <gasps> oh, is- what's his name? He was in a Transformers oh. movie. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wahlberg. Oh, is that him? Oh, yes. wait. Is it who? You know what? Maybe I'm think I'm getting my white they man confused. The they look the same It might be Mark Wahlberg who said this. Okay. In... Well, I'll have to look this up later. It was either Matt Damon or Mark Wahlberg who said the racist comment about black representation mm-hmm. behind the screen to the black writer in front of her face. Um, but regardless, he said in an interview on Hot Ones, or one of them did, <laughs> talking about how because there's no VHSs or DVDs, they can't make mid-tier movies anymore because there's no way to make money after it's released because Netflix doesn't pay you royalties. It uh-huh. just, they, they pay you up front. And that upfront money is not enough to justify the cost of the movies. Like, for example, Matilda flopped hard at the box office. I don't know if y'all remember that movie. Um, mm-hmm. um, but now, like, because of uh, DVD and VHS sales, it made its money back. Same for, like, The Sandlot and, like, all those kid movies that we kind of grew up on. Mm-hmm. They all kind of flopped heavy, but DVD and VHS is made them a thing so i feel like this kind of mid-tier movie that's kind of like we don't know if it'll do well they just don't get made or they'll get put on netflix and then they'll just netflix will take it off or cancel a show after one season and it's like yeah and it's crazy because like netflix is 
to have so much power and to be so unwilling to give people time to actually watch stuff is insane to me. Because it's like, y'all will make the same fucking white teenage romantic movie over and over and over again. But like, anything that seems to have like a good production value or a dedicated fandom, they're just like, cut it because the numbers don't match. And a part of that is also because the people who are in charge of these streaming companies are people who look at numbers and they don't look at the longevity of things. They want instant gratification for the product that they put out. They want instant money instead of looking at, well, what if this starts to trend? <laughs> like, right. That's like cult classics in general. Yeah, like something starts to get trending on TikTok, like the right tweet, the right TikTok could have an entire series funded in no time, which I don't give things a chance to have longevity. I don't even think we have cult classics anymore because they all get cut up. And That's true. Destroyed. I think now the cult classic is like the thing that everybody hates at first, but then two years later is like, I've always liked this thing. Like mm-hmm. I'm seeing tweets talking about, oh, uh, and I'm gonna say this how oh Noah Centineo and Lara Condor had such great chemistry this is what we mean by romantic chemistry I'm like where were y'all <laughs> three years ago when my man I've was putting like in work too, yeah. and I'm like where does this 180 all of a sudden you love my man and you want him to be in more things huh question mark question mark <laughs> they did the same thing with Catwoman Holly Berry's Catwoman they're like oh this movie is very yeah cute. if you actually look like, at what? it Right. Like, like I think that's what's turning into it. Like movies that people hate, and now they just pretend like they loved it all along. And that's not really what cult classics are. Like some cult classics are actually just like good movies that got overlooked. Yeah, <laughs> not, literally, like, that's what it is. Yeah, not just like things that are terrible that or things that you hated because they were popular. Right. I don't. I I think people get the idea of a cult classic and a comfort show. Just yeah, My comfort show. It's usually there's two types. Oh, I guess comfort show and like brain rot. I I like to use the term brain rot because my comfort show and my brain rot are two different things. Brain rot is something I know that's basic. It's a basic bitch. It's leaning toward barely funding. It's not doing anything new. It's it's you. It can be bad in some ways, and therefore it's brain rot material, and I'm not gonna watch it and consume it. You know what I'm saying? Right. For a cult classic, is usually something that had a lot of thought put into it it wasn't just made to be made right and people it wasn't, didn't yeah. like it when they saw it because they didn't understand it and they, right yeah, like baps like or it was too ahead of its time right like now that people are like oh yeah there's this terrible movie from 2006 it's a it's like we all love this like no you didn't like <laughs> I, I feel like it's also just like people are trying to put on nostalgia goggles too early for stuff. Like it's only been a couple years for some of these things. Like people romanticizing like what's that show? Riverdale? And I'm like, what are y'all y'all, please? Y'all were complaining like, every week that that shit was off the rocker. What are we doing? Right. Like I don't I don't get the it's like because things don't get made that are objectively good, thing they're like clinging on to things that are terrible and pretending like right. it's like no, things are bad, but it's okay to admit they're bad like right. you can like bad things like it's okay to say oh this thing i like is bad but just to pretend like it's always been good ah i don't know yeah it's weird um i definitely don't think we're gonna get parodies any more anytime soon because 
if this is what parody culture was like in the 2000s, you definitely can't do this. There was just so many harmful, like, I know this was to be funny, but I was just like, the teacher thing alone took me out. And then we got to the gym coach. I was like, okay. <laughs> Honestly, I was watching this and like looking and like, oh, that's where the shut the fuck up meme came from. I forgot <laughs> that that was a thing. Um, like, I feel like the the, I feel like this movie probably was like funny for its time but mm-hmm. humor so hard when because humor age is the earliest in cinema to me like mm-hmm. humor is the first thing to date itself because usually it's centered in that time right unless it's like slapstick because that's like body comedy but jokes jokes that reference like people and media it's hard for that to age well um yeah yeah um I don't have anything else to say about it. <laughs> I I wish we had um, better reactions, but I also feel like watching movies and not having, you know, most outstanding reaction is part of why people like our podcast. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we tell the truth. Too. We're not going to pretend like we like it. <laughs> um, it was a choice, though. We thought it would be a good idea to do for Spooky Month, but uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll watch the second one in the future. But this is just another edition of Spooktober. And don't worry, Spooktober has many more great things coming forward. Before we close out, Marion, what do you rate Scary Movie? I'll say a 5 out of 10. Solid. What do you about you, Corey? Yeah, I'll do the same. Considering, like, for what the movie is and the, co- the time period and the context, I'll say, like, 5 or 6 out of 10. Because it was funny. Okay. What about you, Nia? Um, oh, never mind. Oh, I just came back, but I don't remember what you just asked. Oh, what do you rate Scary Movie? Oh, um, like a six, a five. Mm. Um, it's a three for me. I'm really not a comedy <laughs> movie girl. I'm just, I'm fully realizing that and that's okay. Um, but we have some great episodes planned. You can actually come join our Discord to see our entire uh, schedule for the month. Um, but Spooktober shall continue. We love you guys and thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Continue support with your five star review. You can always come talk to us at Twitter, at Commented, or TikTok at Commented Podcasts. Uh, until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. Bye-bye. Bye bye.